1: Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa we Russell.
2: Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in for a treat. We are in the studio today with Cephus, Uncle Bobby X. Johnson and also auntie B Beatrice who is really they are both doing an amazing work throughout the nation i was getting ready to say the bay area but it has expanded throughout the nation to bring social justice at the front end of police violence in america just to give you a little bit from uncle bobby's bio here he really started a major movement with aunt B the two of them after his nephew Oscar Grant was murdered by a bart police officer in 2009 He has founded four grassroots social justice organizations, the Oscar Grant Foundation, Love Not Blood Campaign, California Families United for Justice, and National Families United for Justice Network. And these, again, are nationwide organizations that are talking about the issue of police violence. And so tell me a little bit about how did this, I know, you know, the horrible and actually was personally impacted by what happened with Oscar Grant, but- this started, I would imagine, even before that occurred. How did this start for you, Uncle Bobby?
3: Yes, and right before I get into how I started, I just wanted to clarify that you stated that I founded, I co-founded along with my wife. So, yes, yeah, absolutely. It, it was a, uh, okay, it, it was a co-founding thing that took place. Okay, know?
2: that's important to note. I was sorry, I was rattling that off from your bio, <laughs> but of course, you two have become one. So that's you right. both have done this together. <laughs> And I absolutely, I want to know, like, what for both of you started this? I know you were very active in forming the Oscar Grant Foundation and getting the appropriate level of justice brought to bear the two of you, arm in arm. So tell us, how did you both start in this fight for justice?
3: Well, of course, myself, unknowing to myself, I was being prepared for it. You know, I was, of course, an Africana studies a student at San Francisco State, where, you know, basically majored in Africana Studies. You know, my experience as a union rep and shop steward at the post office representing employees that were wrongfully terminated and experiencing bad um, issues concerning management relations with the employee, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was in confrontation in that respect, not knowing that in 2009, January 1st, that my nephew would be murdered. Wow. And of course, when that happened, I was extremely hurt. Mm-hmm. But what really helped was the community of Oakland embraced me, embraced us as a family, I should say. And when they embraced us, it gave us some sense of hope, mm. uh, some belief that we might can really truly get some form of justice. Mm. And it was because of the community that stood with us, cried with us, went back and forth to court with us, spoke utilizing the First Amendment right. They prayed for us, of course, uh, prayed with us. But I think most importantly, they also wanted to see justice for Oscar Grant. And because of that, for the first time in California state history, you know, I have to say this, an officer was arrested, charged, convicted, and sent to jail. He didn't go to prison, but he did go to jail. And that could not have happened without the community embrace of us as a family, and yet the community concern for justice for a young man that they didn't even know mm-hmm. um, that was murdered on that platform that night. And so it was from there where I realized that luck, that type of love, that type of um, embrace mm-hmm. had to be given to other families that may have suffered the same type mm-hmm. of harm that yes. we suffered. And so yeah. I stepped out and I remember two days after the verdict, Derek Jones, right there in Oakland, off of Bancroft, was murdered. Mm-hmm. And I approached the father and, you know, embraced him. And I can remember him crying. And, you know, I also embraced the mother. Mm-hmm. And she cried. And they were just so overwhelmed with the fact that I took out of my time from the battle that we was in to step into their arena and their struggle to get justice for their son. Mm-hmm. And I felt the power in that. And that gave them a sense of hope. It gave them a sense of balance. And so it just went from there to every possible family that God could allow us to get to, we would get to and we would embrace and we would stand. And that's how my wife actually coined the name Love Not Blood Campaign. Yes.
2: Yes. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, just as you were talking, and I see this in your bio as well, you're referred to as the people's uncle and the people's aunt, right? Yes. And this is because you are willing to stop on the corner and give a hug to a complete stranger because you share in their pain. Yes. And you also are sharing now in their justice. Yes. And so that, I think, is just an amazing thing to find family in that traumatic place, right? That yes. place of loss where I have i not lost my child or my nephew or my niece without gaining an uncle and an aunt that are willing to come alongside Yes, and say, you know, you're not going to suffer alone. So that's extremely powerful. Beatrice, as you think about what's going on here and the way that you've come into this, what led you to obviously... You know, there was no turning away when Oscar was murdered, but there must have been a backstory, something that really was planted in you that equipped you for this time.
4: Thank you for having me. And I want to say that would be correct. And I would really have to go back to my birth and just me getting here. So, But we won't do that. But I know that for me, in the fifth grade, it started, mm. you know, because I was moved from a school to another school, and the teacher was racist against me, never spoke to me that whole year. But the next year, I did something about that school, right? We were radical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that to San Diego 1985, and my friend Sagan Penn was accosted by police, and the police started harassing them and beating beating them up, but he had a black belt. He took the gun, shot the officer ran over another one, shot a passenger, and he got off. That was our movement. Mm. Justice for Sagan Penn. Mm. He never spent one day in prison. Wow. But he won out of fear because he feared for his life, and they were profiling. So that was really my first case in police accountability. Gotcha. And so when Oscar came along, we all saw the video, Mm -hmm. and I was already in the work in the community as an activist on other issues in the community. So mm-hmm. when that happened, I mean, I had a 14 year old son at that time. Yeah. It was a
2: no brainer, you know, yeah. that we cannot just go on as business as usual. Right. And so my connection just kind of connecting us all. So I had the privilege of teaching your niece, Andriana, dance from the age of, I think she was probably eight or nine when mm-hmm. she started with me. And now she's off uh, in college and she's doing amazing work, actually planning to be a social worker and an, an activist right. for at-risk youth and children. So I'm just so proud of her and Saida. And I know that for her at that time when this happened to Oscar, her cousin, it was extremely traumatic and my oldest son was also connected to Jack and Nigel who were there, who were present when Oscar was murdered. So he could have very well been there. He was younger than them, a few years younger, which is why he wasn't out on New Year's Eve. But it could have very well have been there. So this really hit home, like you said, for me, to know that our boys could be at, at a BART station going anywhere on New Year's Eve and be murdered. Right. And so for me, my heart has always been, you know, connected to Wanda and to you and to Andriana, And just like you said, being that family, just how can I help? How can I support you as you mourn, as you grieve, as you intervene and intercede for other families that have shared in the same pain? And so when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the ways that you're doing that in an organized fashion. Right. So we're going to talk a little bit about some events that you have coming up. And then certainly I also want to ask some challenging questions about I have some really great connections with law enforcement. I want to understand how does your organization deal with the fact that we're embedded also in the police agencies? So how can we create that love and not blood right Right, the the message what's the formula that you guys have arrived at so we'll we'll be right back and thank you so much for listening to love never fails radio
1: for more information on this program visit loveneverfailsus.com that's loveneverfailsus.com we'll be right back with more right after these messages
0: trash bills weighing you down at case industries we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties condos and commercial shopping centers let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property noi case industries saving the planet saving you money Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at CaseIndustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's CaseIndustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend.
5: Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor.
2: And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Bobby and Beatrice X, also referred to as Uncle Bobby and Aunt B. So we are just so grateful to have you on the show to talk about the work you're doing to provide a family support and justice for those who have suffered because of police brutality or fatalities, right? Murder at the hands of a police officer. And so police accountability is part of your agenda as well as supporting the families that have been impacted, correct? That's correct. And so one of the quotes that I mentioned in the last segment is darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. That's from Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, I always kind of go back to that. And I was sharing with you candidly, I'm constantly challenged in the work that I'm doing. I have had people make false accusations about me. I've had people say negative words about me. And that's nothing compared to killing one of my family members. That's nothing compared to harming someone that I love. And there's something that comes over you when you experience these, even the, the minor things, mm-hmm. where you want to hurt the person who's done this to you. You want to seek vengeance. You want them to suffer the way that you suffered. And I would be lying if said I said I never have experienced that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a constant challenge. However, I have just found this peace in coming to this place where I can pray for that person, even while I'm seeking justice and defending myself, right? Because so, you, you're not going to roll over and be a doormat either, right? <laughs> right? So how do you do that? Tell me about your format. What's your outline for bringing love, not blood, into play and at the same time uh, making sure that there's accountability?
3: I think for me, I can remember when Oscar was murdered. When I saw that video, I basically collapsed, basically unconsciously just collapsed. But when I came back, I can remember being an extreme rage. Mm. I mean, that type of rage where nothing but destruction was going to happen. Yeah. You know, specifically to the person that created that type of pain that I felt and the anger, but also the destruction that could have been brought just on myself in that type of anger and right. pain that I was in. But God allowed me to remember the blessing that I had because before Oscar was murdered at uh, one 30 Oscar's spirit was talking to me mm. and I texted him and I said, uncle, love you. God loves you. And God loves your family. Mm-hmm. And an hour later Oscar was murdered. Mm. Okay. So when I remember that in that, that state of Ooh. anger, it brought a common spirit over me. Mm. And I knew then that there was a, For the love of my nephew, Mm. which was overwhelmingly, I had to do something for him in a way where it was exhibiting the love that I had for him, Mm -hmm. but unbeknown to me today, the love that uncles can have for their nephews or their nieces, you know, or their just folks in the community. You know, I never knew that Uncle Bobby would be an endearing term where. Older ladies walk up and say, I'm going to call you my uncle because you was a fantastic uncle. I never knew that common spirit that hit me to become an uncle in the... Respect of love for my nephew
2: yeah.
6: to
3: seek justice for him in a way that people resonated with that. Yeah. And so it was from that remembering the blessing, mm-hmm. the love that we shared as uncle and nephew, yeah. you know, the, the times we spent together mm-hmm. that I think overpowered the just the extreme hate. To do something destructive, yeah. but to do stu- stuff now that was constructive, yeah so the pursuit of justice came in a form of constructing a narrative where other families hopefully don't have to experience the type of pain that we as a family experienced.
2: Yes, wow, my goodness. well, yeah I mean, totally get it. I can see you now, and the fact that it took you to a this place I'm really grateful for and not the latter. And and how about you, B?
4: Okay. I'm the, let me see. Huh.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's the calm one, you the wild one. <laughs>
4: that's the wild one. You know, Jesus had a sword too, right? So it, that's, that's... Okay, that's okay. the balance. Okay. Huh? That's the balance, <laughs> okay. right? Because he's really... Lo- you know, because love is it's the key. It's the answer, right? But it has to be a balance. Uh-huh. Sometimes you can love, 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 when it's something that you should let go, go, go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so because of the love in your heart. Mm-hmm. And he's like his mother. His mom is so loving. Yeah, she is. <laughs> it's just like, and never give up, and never give up. And sometimes that's a thin line because mm-hmm. you do have to protect yourself and your fight within yeah. self because, see, the fight is not out there. It's in here. Yeah. How we move forward. It's inside of us. Mm-hmm. Is what do you do like? Because in this work, as you know, as an activist, mm-hmm. this is not no paying job mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to get your blessings from the most high.
6: Mm-hmm. But I'm
4: talking about if you think that you're in this fight for justice for money, it don't work like that. Not for those in the trenches. Right. Okay. So it requires a lot of yourself. Yes. So yourself, you got to get yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't, then that thin line between love and hate can really create a whole bunch of havoc
2: Mm -hmm. in
4: the struggle, in your life, just in the whole scenario of life. And so you have to get yourself.
2: Yes. And you
4: do that by, for me, you know, you got to rise above emotion into the thinking of God.
2: Yeah. All the time. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So that sounds like it's probably have something in common there where it's like you have to kind of bring yourself back to it. You got to you got to bring yourself back to a peace and not let your emotions get the best of you and and do something that you'll regret, right? Also
4: that thought that I have been doing lately which is helping me cuz I heard you say you pray for your in the battle. Yeah. Not me. And I'm working on it, right? Yeah. But That's I good. I will you know, not do nothing extra or be wicked with it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I would yeah. keep myself because the battle is really the Lord's. That's right. That's, that's what you go back to. That's right. You go back to what would God do? Should yes. I be so hard on this person? Cause this guy's so hard on me. Right. I, that's how I think. Yeah. And it's that's, helping me to be more good. forgiving. Yeah. And not so, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause it goes back to me.
2: Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, like you said, the justice will be served. But you cannot. I'm adamant about this. Let's break it down to something much simpler. Recently, I had a young man was saying some inappropriate things. I have an 11-year-old daughter. He was commenting on her body parts at school. She brought it to my attention. I said, well, what do you want to do about it? So I involved her in solving the process. She said, I'm going to let him know that I don't like that. And we so we started with step one, which is letting him know, I don't like that. Please don't make those comments. And so I really want to go down there and, you know, bring the wrath. Right. But I just said, no, I'm going to empower her to advocate for herself. So that was step one. Step two, he kept doing it. So I said, now we have to escalate it. How would you like to handle that? And I said, I'm going to call up the principal and get some justice here. And so she brought in a restorative justice conversation. And in that meeting, he cried. And said he was really sorry for hurting her and making those comments. And it became clear that he actually deals with his own issues about himself. And him, you know, he was making some comments that I think he feels about himself. Mm. She was able to actually say to him, well, I don't believe that about you. So I just want you to know that I don't receive that for myself. This is an 11-year-old. And I don't think it's true about you either. And I said, you know what, honey, you came out on the up side because you were not only able to make sure there was justice. The principal said, if this happens again, you're leaving. You're not going to go to school here because now this is this is sexual harassment. Right. You've been told now verbally by her. Then you were told by me If it keeps on. You're in trouble. But in that tender place, she was able to say, let's move on from this. And to me, I think there was such power in that. Now I don't know if he will. Right. That's not our business. Right. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We'll see. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be and <said>, we'll see. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So we're gonna keep working on that. But we're gonna come back. We're gonna go to break and we're going to come back and talk about this event we have coming up here in Las yes. Vegas. Yes, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. really incredible what uh, what is happening there. So we'll come right back and thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio.
1: To join in the fight for love, visit LoveNeverFailsUs.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors.
7: This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. That's pitchperfectpresentations.com, pitchperfectpresentations.com.
1: Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst.
2: And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Bobby and Beatrice X, also known as Uncle Bobby and Auntie B. And we are just learning some great things about how we weigh out this whole notion of being available, being loving towards the world. And at the same time, keeping accountability and justice in play and in particular, this is really important as an African-American woman and sitting here with a couple that I know is advocating for many African-American families. There is a lot of injustice in this present day for us. And you think about the fact that 60 percent of the victims of human trafficking are black girls, and that is throughout the nation. There is a reason why, you know, I, I was sharing this recently that I did a Google search of teens on. just, just do it for yourself. Type in teens in your Google window and you'll see a bunch of different ethnicities pop up and they, you know, are different, different ethnicities and they're doing fun things, jumping around in the water, swimming, smiling, maybe a row of, of different ethnicities, smiling, nicely cleaned and pulled together. And these are the images, right? But then you type in black teens and what pops up is a myriad of half-nude girls, with, mostly with their bottoms out, and they're in their bikinis, and they're in suggestive poses. And I thought, there's something wrong that um, I type in black teens, and what comes up is an over-sexualized image hmm. of a young lady— or young men that really have no persona outside of that. And the reason why those pop up to the top is those are the most accessed, most most looked at images. When someone says types in black teens, if they click on that, and that's the image they download, that's the image that they pull into whatever they're doing, that is going to roll up to the top of the list. So it shows you that there's this, and it really points back to slavery days where there was this, you know, fortunate viewing of an African-American person as an object, as a slave, as a someone who is subjected to whatever, whatever, sexual favors and or, you know, free labor, whatever. And so this is sort of perpetuated over time. And, you know, my heart is to, Break that mindset, break that belief system, reframe everything under the truth, which is that we are all valuable, we are all loved, and we are all deserving of dignity and care to walk in our purpose. And so I know that that is also your heart as you look into this. And so we were talking about that powerful connection that you had with that mother and father who had lost their son that first time. And there right. was that power. So I want to just kind of talk some more about that. You're seeing that this is happening. This violence is happening against African-American families, black families at an alarming rate. Right, And we know that there are these issues that are happening in our society How do you have a real conversation about that and steer someone towards this sort of loving yet accountable response?
3: Right, right. Well, one of the things, you know, we speak at a lot of schools all over the country. Yeah. And one of the main statements I make is don't be educated to be miseducated. Because a lot of times we focus on our financial gain or, you know, some suffering. spent based on what I can achieve and when that becomes a focus then you lose the connection to that person next to you that may be homeless mm-hmm. right or you develop this idea that I need to move out the hood because I want to be in this suburban area and I feel like then I have achieved mm. but at the same time our work is in our community our work is loving one another. Our work is dealing with those that are less fortunate than ourselves. The system has a way to take you from that area of thought and place you in that other area where you isolate yourself because it's all about you. But when Oscar was murdered and the community embraced me, I felt that love. I felt that community love. I felt that love from a brother that was really homeless but yet he loved Oscar enough to say, man, I'm so sorry that happened to your nephew. We got to get justice for him. When I heard that from a, a homeless brother or a brother that was just Oscar's age talking about the pain and he felt, man, that that was wrong and something should be done, that was the love that was just starting to radiate in me. And so when I embraced the Jones family
2: mm-hmm. and
3: that father began to cry. Yeah it changed the whole direction of my life. And I knew then that this love that we needed to give was really love that was unconditional type of love. Mm -hmm. You know, it could not no longer be about just me. Because, you know, Uncle Bobby was working in Silicon Valley. Uncle Mm -hmm. Bobby had a great job, you know, still has a great job Mm -hmm. doing what I do. Mm -hmm. But yet, in many ways was disconnected from those that were suffering the degradation mm-hmm. that happens within our communities. Mm-hmm. And so when I felt that love, it empowered me to such a degree to where now I feel the pain of a homeless person mm-hmm. or like my wife say, let's take this and go out here and feed these homeless people today. Right. What we have, or she will in a minute, I'm going to tell you, and God bless me with a beautiful wife. She could see a homeless brother or a homeless person, I should say, Mm -hmm. and say, You got $2? Yeah. And I had to get used to her wanting to share some love with someone that is less fortunate than ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And and so it's power in that, Mm -hmm. you know. And so it's a lesson to be learned about us not being selfish and always thinking it's just about us. There's many more in this world that are less fortunate than us.
4: Yes. I wanted to say, Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about selfless love.
6: Mm.
4: You were talking about the many things. Yes, we have police, but we have everything across the board, us of color, the original people of the earth. We are oppressed on every level. Mm -hmm. And so because this fight for police is horrific, Mm
6: -hmm.
4: the fight for education is horrific. The fight to protect our girls and our black women and children, last year there's a report that came out that there were 480,000 black people missing just mm-hmm. off the earth. Yep. Think about that. Mm-hmm. And the majority are girls and women.
2: Yeah.
4: What are we going to do about that? Oh, yeah. You know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yep. When are we going to be holding everyone accountable yes my sister my brother my you know yes because right now we're in the time god's time so if you have your circle around god's time it's easy to figure out justice you shouldn't be fighting inside there about justice right right when everybody say okay god is the center of everything his justice is our justice when, when you work from there why is friction yeah because justice is justice right yes
2: yeah One of the things that I really love is there's a barbershop forum that has, you know, Jack and an officer from sheriff, one of the sheriffs, as well as Captain Bobby, what is Hookfin. The three of them came together and collaborated to launch the barbershop forum. And they have brought together law enforcement with the community to talk about how can we start dealing with these various issues in our community, because there is a lot of black on black and brown on black and brown on brown. You know, there's so many sort of crimes that are being committed in every which direction. And one of the things I'm super excited about is the barbershop has now forum has now invited me in to talk about violence against our young ladies and, you know, in particular human trafficking and rapes and domestic violence and really get back to How do we honor each other? Right. I love the way that you started off by saying, I couldn't have done this without my wife. And you acknowledge your wife's contribution to the work that you're doing. And you do the same for your husband. This is an honoring that is happening that oftentimes is missing in our community. And it doesn't just have to be husband wife. How do we honor each other instead of having that crab mentality where one is getting out of the bucket and we start pulling them down, back down in, right? Right. We're going to come back and we're going to talk some more about that and specifically the event that you have coming up in Vegas. Start off with that so we know what this is about and the types of things that people are going to be learning about there because I'm sure this is Mm -hmm. what you just were talking about is going to be woven in there. So we'll be right back and thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio.
1: For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com that's love
2: And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Uncle Bobby X and Auntie Beatrice X. And we are just having a great discussion about how we get activated in this journey towards love and also incorporating justice and what we're doing, accountability and what we're doing. And one of the ways that you are doing that is you are doing a Families United for Justice event in Las Vegas at the Doolittle Community Center Friday, Saturday, both days, correct?
3: Both days, correct.
2: I'm super grateful for the invitation that you've extended to the Love Never Fails Survivor dance team. We will be there on Friday morning to mm-hmm. open up with a song that is titled Rescue. And for us, it's all about how even in these, the deepest, darkest places that we should know that God will rescue us he will mm-hmm. rescue us from those deep dark places those places where we're in rage like right. you said uncle bobby those places where we're still trying to figure out how to pray for our, someone who's harmed us those mm-hmm. places where in my case as i was sharing during the break when my student in 2010 went missing and was being wow. exploited throughout california where i just felt so inadequate and i felt so alone and i felt that i had nothing to offer mm-hmm. At that small, at that one desperate place, I heard something from the Lord that said, just love and everything else will become clear to you. And here I am eight years later, left my high tech job, Wow! right? Like you left my high tech job where I was making a lot of money. Let me tell you, no amount of money can be worth the life of the people that I'm assigned to, to love. Right. Yeah, definitely,
3: definitely would agree because (laughs) God prepares you for particular missions in life that you may not even know. Mm. And so, all my life, actually, I've been prepared in many ways to do what I'm doing. You know, and to be touched at the right time, and then to hear God's voice saying, "This is it." Yeah, you're on your journey now. Yeah, and of course, ours came with that fact that. It was a love of the community of us that I had to share with somebody else in hopes that I can give them some strength to be able to stand, work with the anger, but yet understand how to pursue justice. And so what we do with the conferences, and this is our third annual, yeah, is that we bring these families together. The first one, by the way, was at Wayne State University in Detroit where we had like 50 families Very powerful experience, but I shouldn't say that was the first one. The very first one took place in Oakland, California in 2014, unbeknown to my wife and myself. When we invited families to come, we had about nine to 12 families that actually came on their own dime, Mm. stood with us. In Detroit. No, that came from around the country. I'm, ah, I'm just stepping in back Oakland. in time in yeah. Oakland. In 2014, oh, in Oakland. Yes. when we did our first one, we uh-huh. had nine families. Okay. So when we finally graduated and went to Detroit and did it in Detroit, we had 50 families. Last year in Oakland, we had 103 families. This year, uh, it's just like off the chart. It's sad, but it's something that we found that families desire because— We know if we can get a smile out of a family that's been impacted like us for just two minutes or a minute, we have done something because this pain is forever. Right. And most families are in such a struggle for justice that they forget the normality of life Mm. or how to even have fun or smile, right? Mm -hmm. And so we bring families together to let them know first that they are not alone. Yes. And when they see these other families that's been impacted like themselves – there's a bonding that take place, a love that becomes so unique. And sadly, many of us become brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So that's why our motto is bonded by blood, but united in love. Mm-hmm. Right. And so once we break bread together, spend time together, go through workshops and presentations together and teach one another about our own personal experience and struggles and what has worked and what hasn't worked. Right. Then only then will we really become a strong force to really bring legislative change. I look at how MAD came into existence, Mother Against Drunk Drivers, Mm -hmm. right? It was one mother talking to another mother, Mm -hmm. and they began to form this organization called MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, and became one of the strongest entities to bring in legislation concerning drunk drivers on the road. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason why we, as families, have been impacted by police violence, can't bring in legislation that can impact this real issue concerning accountability and transparency, And just recently, as you can see, I'm not sure I shouldn't say as you can see, but what has just happened, Mm -hmm. and I'll speak on this rather quickly, that in 2015, we got AB-71 passed, which is Use of Force Data Collection. That gave us the data to tell us about who was being murdered or killed by the police and how. And -hmm. then we came back in 2016 with AB-953, which is Racial Identification Profiling Act. Mm-hmm. That gave us the demographics of those who were being stopped and why they're being stopped to understand the biases that exist within police selection of who they were stopping, what kind of result ended up in that result. 2018, we were able to pass AB 748, which is the video audio release within 45 days, because that's critical because, you know, you know they got a camera of the incident, but they don't want to share it with you. Now we've turned it into law where they have to within 45 days. In addition to that, thank God to Nancy Skinner for championing this bill. We was able to pass SB 1421, which is the right to know legislation. They gave us the transparency to four issues. One is falsification of investigative reports, police officers involved in sexual crime, police officers involved in the shooting, whether they killed or not. So those four areas are the the specific areas that brings transparency to these issues of officers that we now know we can proactively actually remove from the police force if we have to take action. Because a good example is Oscar was murdered by Johannes Mesley, who we at that time during the trial thought he only had four incidents, but in reality he had six before he actually murdered Oscar all in one year.
2: Wow.
6: You
3: see what I'm saying? And so the agency didn't take the proactive steps to correct his behavior because his behavior was so outrageous. He was getting all these complaints filed against him, and eventually he just kills Oscar. Wow. So we know with these legislation being passed. But now the last one is AB 392, which Gavin Newsom just signed into legislation or law On August 19th. So we had the bill signing ceremony. I'm not sure if you saw that on the news. I
2: saw that, but I didn't get a chance to read the details. Tell us more about it. Right.
3: So what was important was that the statute that allowed police officers to get away with murder was on the books. It's the oldest statue in the state of California. It was 1872. So we was able to finally get that statue off. And that's what was allowing police officers to consistently kill. Right. And basically get off based on the law. So really? you can imagine the spirit of 1872 yep. and how that came into existence. Yeah. So our bill is the most strictest use of force bill in the nation. Wow. It's the strictest, and people are now from all across the country are asking us questions about how do we make it happen. And I just kind of gave a scenario of data, then yep. then transparency. Now the actual billing itself, of course, we're going to still have to fight to make it work because sadly, police agencies don't just abide. Right. They stuck in this old cultural thinking and failed to understand that all we're asking for is common sense legislation. I'll say this and then I'll pass it to my wife. The power of the police is the most significant responsibility we can give. Any public official, they have the right to take your life. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a significant responsibility. But with that type of responsibility, it must be guided by common sense legislation to protect human rights and human life. Yes. And so our failure to take those proactive steps to protect our lives will allow an agency, as the police force, to run amok. Because right. anytime right. you are not transparent, anytime the data is not being collected, there's no corrective action that can be taken. And so, what we've seen over and over—just quick example with Oscar, January first, two thousand nine—over fifteen hundred bodies have died since Oscar been murdered by the police here in the state of California alone. I'm not talking about the nation; you can imagine what the number is for the nation, but just in the state of California, since Oscar's murder. Over 1,500 bodies have died at the hands of the police, and not over 50% of those were justifiable homicides. And we're talking about young men shot in the back. Young men just piled on and can't breathe and died. You know, this happens on a regular, consistent basis. And every single one of those officers get off. No one is perfect. No agency is perfect. No organization is that perfect. The only officer in California history to ever be convicted of a wrongful, unjustifiable shooting was Johannes Mesley. And okay. so the law has protected them to such a degree. They had a perfect record.
2: Wow. Wow. So we're going to take a break and we'll come back because I know you had a comment, Beatrice. But I want to say before we take our break, I am so grateful for this information. I'm going to go back and make sure I educate myself on these bills. So the fact that there needs to be bills, I got to say, because I'm more sort of learned in the sexual crimes arena. I've been amazed to see the kinds of laws that have to be put in place to ensure that your human rights are protected. It's mind boggling and and you just don't realize it. So for the listening audience, you may be thinking, wow, all these bills. Yes, because unfortunately, much of this that seems like common sense is actually not working in the right way. So we'll come right back and we'll hear from you when we come back. Beatrice, thank you so much for listening to Love Never Fails Radio and we'll be Right
1: back. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors.
7: This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success.
2: And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today just talking with Uncle Bobby Johnson X as well as Beatrice X, Auntie B. And we're learning so much about these bills that have been ratified, have been put into law to protect the rights of people who are our sons, our daughters, our cousins, our sisters. And I'm so grateful for that advocacy that's going forward. So you had a comment I did. I just wanted to share Governor Gavin Newsom signed
4: the bill, but that's not the root of the bill. We want to say thank you to Dr. Shirley Weber.
3: Okay. Councilwoman.
4: No, Assemblywoman. assemblywoman. Exactly. Ah, Dr.
2: Shirley. Got you. Who
4: championed the bill. And that's not an easy fight. She took on the police. And uh, she's a politician. Yeah. They don't do that. We've seen some miracles happen as we went back and forth to Sacramento and that perking their hearts. The families, the families testifying, the families testifying, the families testifying, breaking down some of that hardness because, as Uncle Bobby stated, the language had not been changed since 1872. Wow. Policing in California language was in effect until August the 19th, 1872. What mindset is that? Mm -hmm. This is why we have to stay woke and stay paying attention to what's going on. Absolutely. And the families, I just wanted to say about when we're at the conference, that's the element that the families talk about. Right. You know why? Because there is no accountability from an agency, and they all got this bully as far as concerned because there's no justice Yeah, that's in your community bullying you and then killing your children. Right. And they are not held accountable, but your loved one is gone. But it seemed like society says it's okay, and you're fighting a big, big bully monster. Dr. Weber did that. She took that on. It wasn't easy. Even her family, her personal, oh, it was ugly. You would not believe that our tax dollars pays for that mentality. Yeah. That you want to fight against holding
2: everybody in society accountable.
4: Everybody. Everybody. Everybody.
2: Absolutely. And so I think, you know, for me, I have some dear friends that are members of OPD, that are members of Hayward PD, that members of the FBI, members of San Jose PD. Jeremy. And as I mentioned, Bobby and John and these officers, I know them, they walk in integrity, they make mistakes just like we all do. But you know, for me, it's always about I want people to hold me accountable, right? As I'm housing women Mm -hmm. and children, do I make mistakes? Absolutely. But I want them to hold me accountable. And I know that each one of those officers that I just mentioned would say, I want the same. And so I'm grateful that there is this initiative to make sure that That we are all operating according to standards that protect and serve, Mm -hmm. that give value to everybody's life that is deserved and that honor those parents and those families that have lost their loved ones unjustly. And so I'm glad that you are bringing us some education to me personally and then to the community. And of course, just so grateful that you're here with us today, grateful to be able to open up your service with a dance and grateful to God for ministering to the hearts of these broken families that have right. given up maybe on life mm-hmm. and for them to have hope right. that there is someone that loves them
6: right. and
2: sees them. We want to invite you as you're listening in, if you want to learn more about this program and participate in it, you can do that by going to our website, LoveNeverFailsUs.com, And there we have it listed under events. You can register for the event. It is again, families united for justice conference. It's on the 27th and 28th of, of September. We have a variety of other events going on. I don't have time to go over them with you, but they're all listed there. We are going to be in Vegas the week before on the 21st, also doing a dance with our dance team, part of the Diva Exchange. They're doing, they're creating a community for women that are coming out of incarceration. We are um, also participating in a beneficiary event with Humble Kitchen in Livermore coming up on the 21st of September. And we're also doing free computer classes starting in October, October 7th in Hayward. So if you want to sign up for any of those services, um, please uh, go to our website, com forward slash events. If you want to be a Love Never Fails member, you can do that by also going to our website, which is com forward slash donate. And then, of course, we always um, just, uh, you know, would love your prayers uh, for the work that we're doing Um, to love on and support um, hurting families and, of course, um, to bring justice to people who are victims of crime, victims of um, sexual crimes, victims of violence. And so um, we thank you so much for those prayers. Um, And then, of course, as we always end our show, we want to make sure if you haven't heard it before, you need to hear it again. We want to make sure that you know that you are loved.